is coming up now on Established in the Faith. Stop mourning for Saul. Stop mourning over that which God has rejected. If the denomination is going astray, then church, it's time to pull out. Church member, you keep going to that dead church. You're, you're a live chicken up under a dead hen. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the book of 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1. And the Lord said unto Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill thine horn with oil and go. And I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king from among his sons. And I just want to stop right there and use for a subject this morning, preaching a few minutes. Fill thine horn with oil and go. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask for his help today. Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for every person who has come this way. I thank you for everyone who is tuning in by radio, the internet, however they may be receiving this message today. Lord, I thank you. Lord, today I ask that you will help me. Help me, Lord, to say that which needs to be said. Lord, if I say things, then it can be taken the wrong way. But Lord, if you say it, Lord, it can be said and perhaps it will be accepted. So Lord, I pray today that you'll anoint me to rightly divide this word of truth, to say that, Lord, which you will have me to say, anoint your people to hear it and to receive it, and we're careful to give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen and Amen. In this verse of which I've just read to you, God told Samuel that he had rejected Saul from being the king over Israel. Saul had some problems, and you don't know how to fix a problem if you don't know that you have one. And God tested Saul on two occasions, and it revealed problems that Saul would not recognize. And he wouldn't admit his problem. He had a religious argument for why he did what he did. In the 13th chapter of 1 Samuel, Saul was told to gather the people to Gilgal. Wait seven days for Samuel. Then the sacrifice was to be overseen by Samuel. And as Saul gathered the people to Gilgal, 
he noticed the Philistines setting the battle in array with their chariots and weapons of war and whatever the case. And he would not wait any longer for Samuel to come. And he said, bring hither the sacrifice to me. And Saul offered it up himself, a thing which he should not have done. His attitude was, let's get this ritual, let's get this ceremony, let's let's get this stuff out of the way so we can get on to more important things. In that act of Saul, it shows that he did not understand the meaning of the sacrifice. He had no confidence in the sacrifice. He had no trust in the sacrifice. The second testing of Saul in the 15th chapter of 1 Samuel. God said, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel back in the day when they came out of Egypt, how they were attacked. God said, I want you to utterly destroy the Amalekites. Every man, woman, boy, girl, baby, sheep, oxen, ass, kill them all. You say, Brother James, that's kind of harsh. It does sound harsh, but archaeologists tell us, they've dug up things over there, and they tell us that when God told Israel, gave instructions for Israel to do these things, He did future generations a great service because these people had so corrupted themselves, had so corrupted their way with incest and bestiality and, and all kinds of immorality that disease was rampant. And if this situation had not been dealt with and addressed, it could have completely wiped out the entirety of the human race. And God said, kill them all. Amalek was a type of the world, a type of the flesh, the, the efforts of the flesh, the world, the world system. The world reaches out after the child of God. The flesh is that which you and I struggle with every day because although the sin nature in the life of the Christian can be under wraps, and dealt with it's still this flesh and living in this world with all of its temptation it's this flesh that gives us our biggest problem the flesh wants things it desires things and there's nothing wrong with a donut but if you eat 12 of them at one time and with the child of God most of the times, it's not so much the, the bad things out here that, that messes up the child of God as it is the good things that are out here. It was the good fruit on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil that attracted Eve. It's that good part. And when God said, go in and kill the Amalekites, a type of the world, a type of the flesh, Saul kept that good part, what he thought was good. He said, I'll take that which is good and I'll offer it up to the Lord and sacrifice it to the Lord. In direct disobedience 
to the Word of God. You cannot take that which God has condemned and try to use it for the ministry. It will not work. As a child of God, you cannot take the good deeds, the good works of the world out here and think, well, I'm going to do this right here and it's going to earn me salvation. You can't do it. You cannot say, well, I'm going to go through this 12-step program and it's going to help me overcome my problem. That is the world's way. That is the way the world does things. The world has got some good things out there, but you need to understand that the good things of the world is only to help mankind live without God. Let me tell you this this morning. If you've got Jesus Christ down in your heart and soul, you don't have a problem. My friend, you've got a solution. Jesus is what you need. Saul said, I'll take that which is good and I'll offer it up to God. And because it's good, God will accept it. No. He will not, and God will not accept the good things of the world out here. See, every religion in the world claims salvation through the doing of different things. That's religion. Christianity is not about doing. It's all about a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Both of those tests can be summed up with two words. And those two words, it's the bane of Christianity. Trust and obey. Trust in what God has provided, the sacrifice. The, the sacrifice pointed to Christ and what Christ would do for us at Calvary. Trust in that good work. That is the only good work that God will accept for salvation. It is the only good work that God will accept for our sanctification, our everyday living for God. Trust in the sacrifice and then obey. Because if your faith is in the sacrifice, the Holy Spirit will come into your heart and then you need to hear what the Spirit is saying and then you need to obey the voice of the Spirit. You begin to walk out what God has worked in. And let me tell you, when that begins to operate in your life, He's going to tell you to get rid of Amalek. There were certain things in the world, certain things in the flesh. It has to go. You have to eliminate all of it. And just as Saul was tested in those two areas, trust and obey. The church today is being tested on those same two words. Is the church, is the denomination trusting in that which God has provided, found in His Word? Are we trusting in what God says and what God has provided. Let me tell you this. 
when a preacher refuses to deal with sin in the church and offering up the cross as the solution for sin, he is not trusting in what God has provided. When the preacher refuses to preach the cross as the answer to the ills of mankind and that alone, when he refuses to do it, he is not trusting in the sacrifice. He has no understanding of the sacrifice, no confidence in the sacrifice. Oh, he may mention the cross, but if he's not preaching on it, directing you to place your faith in what God has provided, then, my friend, he's not trusting. And then obey. When the church does not go according to this book, this Bible that I hold in my hands, and instead chooses to go another way, we're going to go the psychological way. We're going to go according to the teachings of Freud and Maslow and Rogers rather than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And let me tell you, this denomination is going that way. The leadership is going that way. And let me tell you, you're not going to change them. They have set a course, and that is the way they're going. And let me tell you, when you do not trust in the sacrifice, when you do not obey what this book says, and you grab the world's good, and you try to bring it into the church, you are disobeying God and you will be rejected just like Saul was rejected king over Israel. When Saul was rejected and the test revealed these problems, there were still people who decided to follow after Saul. Let me tell you, when things have been revealed, and you still choose to go that way, and you align yourself with Saul, you too will be rejected. Oh, let me say that again. If you know that Saul is not trusting in the sacrifice, and you know he's not obeying the Word of God, and yet you choose to stay under that leadership... Saul is rejected, that preacher is rejected, that denomination is rejected, that church is rejected, and you're going to keep sitting up under it. You too will be rejected by God. The Bible says to come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord of hosts. You can't put a live chicken up under a dead hen and expect it to work. And I want you to get this picture. Here we have Samuel, the one whom God has raised up to be the leader of Israel during a time when they were just a scattered bunch of tribes across the countryside. There was no cohesiveness as a nation and God would use this man through the voice of Samuel to pull these tribes together and form the nation of Israel. 
one of the greatest prophets that ever lived, the last judge of Israel, the first one to stand in the office of the prophet, Samuel. Here we have Samuel mourning over Saul. And God said, How long will you mourn for Saul? How long are you going to mourn for that which God has rejected? As a child of God, nothing good ever comes by allowing yourself to get in such a fashion. Samuel, the greatest prophet who ever lived up to that time, is mourning for Saul, mourning over that which God has rejected. It shows an attachment there more than what ought to be. And there is an attachment among God's people for particular things which God has rejected. There are some of you Listening to me right now by radio. Listen to me. Leave the dial alone. Hear what I'm fixing to tell you. You know that church you're going to is going down the wrong road. That preacher has rejected the cross. They don't have a problem marrying homosexuals. They're disobeying the word of God. You keep sitting there in that environment and you're going to dry up and die. God has rejected it, but yet you're all upset. You're mourning because great-great-grandpappy helped lay the foundation for that church. You better forget about great-great-grandpappy. He's done gone on to be with Jesus, and you better look at what's going on now and make a determination as to whether it's been accepted of God or whether it's been rejected and make a decision accordingly. Stop mourning for Saul. Stop mourning over that which God has rejected. If the denomination is going astray, then church, it's time to pull out. Church member, you keep going to that dead church where that preacher keeps preaching dead sermons to dead congregations. You're, you're, you're a live chicken up under a dead hen. And the end result for you is not going to be good. Stop mourning over Saul. Saul is not going to do right. He's not trusting in the sacrifice. He's not obeying the word of God. Fill your horn with oil and go. How long will you mourn for Saul? Fill your horn with oil. And go. The horn has to do with dominion. When rams fight, they use their horns. One is trying to get dominion over the other. Horns, dominion. Feel your horn. Let me ask you this What is the dominating factor in your life? I'm asking you by radio today, what is the dominating factor in your life? Why are you where you're at? 
Why do you keep staying there when the evidence is obvious? What is the dominating factor? Is it your history? Brother James, there's blue blood there. My great-great-grandpappy. I don't care about your great-great-grandpappy. And I don't care how much blue blood is there. How much blood of Jesus Christ is being preached from that pulpit. That's what I'm talking about. What is the dominating factor? Why? Why are you staying there? Dominion. What's the dominating factor in your life? Fill your horn with oil and go. If I set a pitcher up here on this table and I fill it up with Pepsi-Cola and then God says, I want you to fill it up with water. If it's already full of Pepsi-Cola, I can't put no water in there. You've got to pour out the Pepsi-Cola first and then put the water in you cannot fill your horn with oil as long as you've got all of that other garbage all of that other history going on in your past you've got to get rid of it fill your horn with oil a type of the holy spirit get full of the holy ghost get so full of the holy ghost the world out here thinks you're crazy they were talking about mike Pence this week his faith in the Lord Jesus Christ he's crazy he's mentally ill let me tell you this when you go against this book right here knowing that hell is in your future that is mental illness that's crazy oh but the world wants to take things and twist it Fill your horn with oil, the Holy Spirit, and go. He said, i got to wrap this up, I'm running out of time. Fill your horn with oil, verse 1, and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king from among his Sons, let me tell you. You say, well, Brother James, if I leave that church, what in the world am I going to do? If I leave that denomination, what in the world am I going to do? Let me tell you. God will provide. If you will fill your horn with oil, let the Holy Spirit be the dominating factor in your life. God will provide now Samuel says if I go and I do this thing Saul's going to kill me and Samuel was right Saul would kill him if he gets wind of it God said verse 2 Take a heifer with you and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. The cross of Christ is always the answer to a threatening Saul that's out to kill you. Take with you a heifer 
and say, I am come to sacrifice to the Lord. Call Jesse to the sacrifice, and I will show you what to do. Verse 3. When I started out in the ministry, I knew absolutely nothing about radio. Nothing. But that's what God called me to do. Build a website? Are you crazy? I don't bit more know how to build a website than, than I do know about going to the moon. But God said, do it. Take with you a heifer and say, I'm sacrificing to the Lord and call Jesse to the sacrifice. God said, James, I've got a sacrifice for you. You offer it up, and you call Jesse. Call as many as will come to that sacrifice, and I'll show you what to do. I've got a sacrifice. His name is Jesus Christ, and I'm calling as many to it as I can. And God has shown me what to do in the radio ministry. He showed me what to do with the website. And let me tell you, if you will fill your horn with oil and go and take with you the sacrifice, the cross of Christ, deny yourself and take up the cross daily and follow Him, He'll show you what you're supposed to do. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to establishinthefaith.com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMET community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 